episode on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Let's meet Olin Zellweger and some news and notes around the Ducks on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A quick reminder, you could hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the Odyssey app. Please make sure to download, rate, subscribe, follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD, or follow the shoe at LO underscore Ducks, also on Twitter. So first off, in case you guys missed it earlier this week, I'm going to talk a little bit about just previous episodes. Yesterday's episode, I talked a little bit about the number three pick overall, Mason McTavish. I had a full breakdown on Mason McTavish on the previous show. So in case you missed that, go ahead and look for the prior podcast. And in case you missed Monday's show, I had a special interview with former Duck and CEO of Verbro Hockey, Andy Sutton, where we talked about life after hockey and who he thought was the pranksters on the Ducks. So once again, in case you missed those previous podcasts, do yourselves a favor, go back, listen to those two. They are fantastic, especially Mondays. I really enjoyed interviewing Andy. All right, so let's get down to it. In case you missed it, the Ducks had a pretty decent draft, and I kind of went over yesterday how I thought, yeah, the Ducks probably could have gotten someone else with that number three pick. I still like the Mason McTavish pick, only if it was maybe a five, like a five or a six pick. Having him at three is still a risk, but the more I think about it, the more I like that pick. It's the rest of the picks that I actually really liked a lot. And I'll break the rest of those picks down more on a later show, either this week or early next week. But at least for today, I want to introduce you guys to Olin Zellweger, who went down on the draft boards quite a bit. In fact, he was the 34th pick in this year's draft, dropping all the way down to the second round. He was very highly ranked on a lot of boards. In fact, for the scouting report from Elite Prospects, he was ranked as high as 28th as far as that was concerned. Uh, some other rankings. He was ranked 26th by FC Hockey. However, he was ranked 45th by Bob McKenzie and ranked 45th by NHL Central Scouting. Also, he was ranked number 32 by the Puck Authority. So the rankings were kind of all over the place, but still a great choice for the Ducks with that number 34 pick. So a little bit about him. He's only 17 years old. He's born in Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta, Canada. He was drafted from the Everett Silvertips of the WHL. Played all last season with Everett. He will play again this season in the WHL. So he will not be playing with the Ducks or the Goals just yet. Again, he is only 17 years old. His birthday, by the way, September 10th. I did like this pick when I saw the birthday. I'm like, hey, his birth date is September 10th. My birth date also happens to be September 10th, which is why I wanted to do like a full two segments on this kid because we share her birthday. So both fellow Virgos, both fellow September 10th people, his birthday's coming up the same day as mine. He'll turn 18 in a matter of six weeks. So I'll definitely be wishing him a happy birthday 
as well as myself, obviously. But I'll be wishing him a happy birthday nonetheless in a few weeks. Once again, he'll turn 18. And he will spend a lot more time in juniors, at least one or two more seasons down at Everett. He This will be his year, or rather his age 18 season is coming up in Everett. His age 19 season will also come up in Everett. He will be eligible to compete in the World's Juniors this coming year. In fact, he's eligible to play in the World's Juniors two years in a row, the next two years. Again, he was born in Alberta, so he'll be, he'll be playing for Team Canada. I know some fans are like, oh, USA. No, he will be playing in Team Canada assuredly. A little bit more about him. Last season in a shortened Everett season, in 11 games, he scored 13 points. That's pretty good for a defenseman. Two goals, 11 assists for 13 points. I would say that is very good. Oh, by the way, the previous year in Everett for 2019-2020, in 58 games, he scored 12 points. Again, 12 points in 58 games, not going to do it. 13 points in 11 games. Whoa, he showed a big-time improvement there. And I do want to talk a little bit more about that in the second segment. But first, a little bit about the player himself. He's he's a defenseman. He's definitely a complementary piece to Jamie Drysdale. He's a left-handed defenseman. Could pair well with the Drysdale, and here's why. He was projected as one of the best skating defensemen in this year's draft. So you talk about someone else that kind of floats on the ice a little bit, just like Jamie Drysdale. And kind of like Drysdale, he's of a smaller stature. He's 5'10", a buck 75. Hmm, 5'10", about 175. Does this sound familiar, fans? It should, because let's look at Jamie Drysdale. Jamie Drysdale, he's on the opposite side, isn't he? Uh, Yes, he is. The former Erie Otter, he's 5'11". He's also a buck 75. He's a right-handed defenseman. He also floats on the ice. Did the Ducks just pick up someone to compliment Jamie Drysdale? I think they did with this one, except he's a couple years younger. Imagine having two defensemen on the same line that can float on the ice with ease. Those two would put on a skating clinic and dance circles around everyone else. So that's what I kind of envision in about two to three years once Zellweger moves up from juniors, possibly playing down in San Diego for a season, and then coming up with the Ducks. I know this is kind of a long ways out, but if he can have a solid year with Everett this coming season, then there's no reason why he should not go up with San Diego the following year and maybe even possibly up to the Anaheim Ducks as early as 2023. Assuredly, Jamie Drysdale will stick around until 2023, and by then the Ducks will have a new coach. So you want to have someone that can really buckle down on defense. Just a little bit more about him. When he was drafted, and I have to point this out, his whole family was there. I also noticed his his dog was there. He has a dog. I do want to find out more about this pupper. And I do have someone that's very adept at finding out players' dogs. So I'm I'm sure she'll have some news on Olin Zellweger's dog if I ask. So just a little bit of a tidbit there. Before we head into the intermission, just a little bit more. Uh, this was off of the media availability. And these were some good answers. 
So on his reaction to hearing his name called, here's what he said. It was really nice to have some of my family there. Obviously, my dog is there, so it was awesome. He was just super excited. I really can't even explain it. It was just awesome. I will never forget it. He describes himself as really mobile. He says, quote, I I think I'm a good skater. I think I bring a lot of offense to the table. Along with that, I play responsibly, play responsible defense. I think that's what my value is. A two-way offensive defenseman. Here's what he said on his relationship with current Ducks players. Quote, Bryce Kinsup was on my team two years ago. I know Brendan Gooley from the gym I train at. I know a few of the other younger players. Those are just two guys I know personally. And I just want to finish with this one. This is on plane for Mike Stuthers at the Under-18 Worlds. Quote, Mike was the defensive coach on our team, so that was a really good thing for me. I had a pretty good relationship with Mike and really liked his coaching style. He was intense and held us accountable back there. So that's definitely something I like and something I'm looking forward to. End quote. I will talk a little bit more about Stutz after the first intermission. But first, let's talk about the Spotify Green Room, which you can download on the Apple iOS store or on the Google Play Store. It is still in beta. Look for me on the Spotify Green Room. I do show up once in a while. Just look up at Locked on Ducks or look for me, Jason Hernandez, in the Spotify Green Room. It is changing the way we talk sports. And this is also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. They come in a variety of flavors, including cookies and cream, double chocolate, cherry barcia, raspberry, among many, many others. And as I've said several times, they are packed with only 4 grams of sugar and 130 calories, but they contain 17 grams of delicious protein. This thing tastes like a candy bar, and it is also healthy for you. So go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get a 15% discount on your next order of Built Bar the best tasting protein bar in the land. So as you guys may or may not be aware, I've covered the Ontario range. So I had a front row seat watching Stutz coach and also watching him coach several times between the goals and the rain over the years. Stutz began in 2014 with the Manchester Monarchs, led them to a Calder Cup, coached in Ontario until just this past season, until 2020. He is now an assistant in the Ducks organization. Again, a great move. So he has some experience with Stuthers. One thing that I did like about Stuthers, as I've mentioned on this very podcast, he is a little bit rough and he will hold his players accountable. He's always been good at getting the best out of his defensemen. I'm looking at players like Matt Luff, Kale Clegg, among others. I mean, look at the Kings roster as far as defensemen. Stuthers really did a good job of just molding those young men to where they are now. I know the Kings are kind of having a down time right now. But the defensemen that he brought up, those were definitely Stutz guys. Matt Roy, another one that played in Ontario. Mikey Anderson, one player that I really liked that Stutz did a fantastic job of bringing up was Toby Bjornfoot. I thought Tobias Bjornfoot did an excellent job. Matt Luff, I've mentioned. Mike Amadio, I've mentioned. Adrian Kempe. 
they were all under the tutelage of Mike Stuthers. So for him to take a guy like Zellweger under his wing, I think will speak volumes, volumes for the development of Olin Zellweger later on down the line. And even looking at some of his games in recent memory, looking back to last season with the Everett Silvertips, his ice time was not as good as it was in the 2021 season. He had a lot of plane killing. And honestly, there was a lot of good face-to-face defending in this game. And his posture was excellent. He was floating down the ice. The skating is the big selling point. And here's a quote from Mitchell Brown. Quote, The skating's the big selling point here, but the rest of his game has really come along. Likely a second rounder, a first if more skill development comes. End quote. And this is also from Mitchell Brown scouting the game against the Tri-City Americans. Quote, Zellweger's surely one of the best skaters in the draft class. The posture's there. Knees over toes. Hip flexion. Chest up. The mechanics too. Full extensions. Under the shoulders recoveries. Inside leg push off on crossovers. The explosiveness and skill to keep up. Really, he's missing slight refinement as a skater. It's most noticeable on retrievals where he's very simple. Body up and reverse the puck. End quote. So it is something that he has apparently been working on because looking at some of the games in April, it was like a new man where he said his skating ability has become much improved. There has been some tweaking in his skating. Obviously, he worked on that a lot. And going to the April 9th game against the Seattle Thunderbirds, here's what Mitchell Brown had to say about Zellweger again. Quote, I can watch Zellweger skate all day. Loads stride properly. Ankle flexion, hips tilted back, chest up, etc. Fully extended strides again. Outside edge use. Tons of potential to add skating skills. It's like he floats on ice and his weight shift is already strong. He recovers on plays so easily, freezes defenders, then explodes past them and teleports himself to his man in the defensive zone. End quote. I do like that. He, his stock was kind of going up little by little, so much so that he was ranked 28th in the Elite Prospects Draft Guide. His skating ability has become so smooth that it was graded as a 6-plus from guys like David St. Louis. So when you think about his playing with Everett, it was really good. Then you go to his games with the under-18 World's Juniors. Here's what St. Louis had to say about Zellweger. Quote, Is Zellweger the best skater at the tournament? He probably is. Maybe there are a few prospects that surpass him in straight speed. But agility and explosiveness inside agility moves, in that category, he reigns supreme. So much depth to his cutbacks. So much separation. Opponents overshoot him and then have to scramble to catch up to him in the opposition direction. He isn't the tallest, but truly elusive. That second quality might alleviate the size weakness. End quote. So again, kind of like a Jamie Drysdale type of player where he's not the tallest, but he's the most mobile defenseman out there. And he's been tracked for a while. Looking at some of his advanced stats, his expected goals per 60, his Z score is way up there. 
his expected assists or primary assists per 60 are among the best in this entire draft class. His possession rates are above average. His defensive plays above average. His transition turnover rate also above average. So once he gets the puck and dances around players, he tends to not turn it over and keep the puck. In fact, another big part of his game is that he allows teammates to really move around him. He allows teammates to get set up and he will look for the perfect pass. He is one of those defensemen that will look to get the primary assist. Again, in the WHL this past season, two goals, 11 assists. In the WJC Under-18 tournament, one goal, seven assists, eight points in seven games. He has looked very impressive in that aspect. As far as controlled entry, controlled exit, he's among the top percentile in the entire draft class, in the entire CHL. That says a lot. If the Ducks can get more guys that will not turn the puck over, then it's going to be hard to miss him. And it's going to be built on the strength of his graceful skating stride. So that is the scouting report and all about Olin Zellweger. Again, we'll try to find out more here and there. And we'll have more about all the draft picks later on this summer. But that is, that's your first look or your first, I guess, listen about Olin Zellweger. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that one and hopefully you learned a little bit. All right, we are going to head into the second intermission and actually take a break. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. The one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. The Stanley Cup lines are out. The Colorado Avalanche are still the favorite. There's also Major League Baseball going on right now. The Dodgers are still among the league leaders in record. The Angels, you never know with them. They're above 500, so you just never know. Head over to betonline.ag right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, please gamble responsibly. All right, we are going to head into... into the intermission and go over some news and notes. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And this final part of the podcast is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Join us today on the Spotify Green Room. Look for me at Locked On Ducks, and you could join your favorite Locked On podcasters once again on the Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. So we got some big news to discuss right now, and this involves oh, Captain, our Captain, Adam Getzloff will be returning for one more season in Anaheim. He has signed a one-year contract worth $4.5 million. Hey, Two things. One, that beats the cap hit of eight and a quarter. So the Ducks are at least saving $3.7 million on that contract. Two, it's only for one season. Maybe this could be a big catalyst for the Ducks moving forward because then you have your captain back for at least one more season. Also, also, 
this could be kind of a mentoring as far as you have some young centers coming in. Ryan Gesloff could be the mentor to a Trevor Zegras, maybe Mason McTavish, should the Ducks keep him. We are still waiting word to see what's going to happen with Jack Eichel. We don't know if he's going to stay in Buffalo or if he's going to go somewhere else like Anaheim. They're still still trying to work out something. There are still some rumblings about Eichel to Anaheim. But let's talk about Ryan Getzloff, the longtime veteran for the Anaheim Ducks is coming close to some big marks in his career. He's approaching 1,000 points in his career. Big, big moment for him if he can get to 1,000 points this coming season. Something else to keep in mind. That $4.5 million, it, it's a good amount. I expected him to get around $4 million, but when you have someone that means that much to the team, that means that much to the community, that does a lot of good for the team and for Orange County, then yeah, you should pay him. And 4.5 seems like the perfect amount to bring Ryan Gisloff back for at least one more season. It is a 35-plus contract. In fact, he is 36 years old in his time in his 16 years with the Ducks franchise. He's played 1,101 games. He has 982 points, so he is coming close as the all-time points leader in Anaheim Ducks franchise history. He's got 279 goals, 703 assists. That is the record for the Ducks, 703. 982 is approaching the record of 988 for the Anaheim Ducks. Once again, $4.5 million, This This is fine. I want to hear your thoughts on this, Ducks fans, but are you okay with the money amount? Are you okay with the one more year? There is also the chance that maybe he could be traded during the season and try to go to greener pastures elsewhere to chase another cup. It has been 14 going 14 plus seasons since Ryan Gesloff has hoisted the Stanley Cup. So it has been a while as far as the money situation for the Ducks. They still have a lot of cap space. With the Ryan Gesloff signing, they still have about 17 to 18 million left in cap space. Still have to make a couple of signings, but with all that money available, they can still go after Jack Eichel and give up a couple of players. Although now that it's taking longer, it might be lesser and lesser that Buffalo can get back for Jack Eichel. The fact that they have not moved him yet is a bit alarming as far as Sabres fans are concerned. If they would have traded him, it would have been better on Buffalo standpoint to do it before the deadline, before the draft, before all of that stuff had occurred. None of that happened. So now Jack Eichel is still on the trading block. He could be traded Thursday, Friday. It could be over the weekend as far as we know. And if that happens, then we will certainly be here for that. So I've been alluding to this and this is going to be a little bit of a note on the program. I'm not leaving the program. I'm just going to take a short break just to peel back the curtain. I am changing zip codes, so I'll be doing a lot of moving over the next couple weeks. However, that doesn't mean that I'll be going away. I'll still be answering your questions. I will still be on the Twitter at LO underscore Ducks coming forward with whatever news is happening. That is why the shows are a little bit sporadic this week because of the move. So here's what the plan is. We have two more shows this week. We're going to talk about some of the other draft picks on the next show. Friday will be another show. We might look at draft picks. We might look at moves around the NHL. Next week, 
I still plan on doing one or two shows and then a small break from the program. I'll be taking a break for about a week, week and a half. Don't know exactly how long, but the plan right now is to have shows Thursday, Friday, two more shows this week. The plan is to have a show Monday and Tuesday, and then we'll be off the rest of that week. And most of the following week, I will be off as well. So just wanted to give you all a heads up right now that Locked on Ducks will be taking a short break and then we'll be back not every day, but for the month of August, we'll be doing two to three shows per week, no more than three or four shows per week. That's just the way it goes. It is it is off season, so there's not going to be a whole lot of news to cover as far as the Ducks are concerned, but that is a programming note coming up rather shortly. All right, uh, that's going to do it for today. Once again, thank you all for listening. It is greatly appreciated. You could hear this podcast, as I've mentioned, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Please make sure to rate five stars, download, subscribe, tell your friends about it, tell all your Ducks friends that we have a daily podcast here devoted to the Anaheim Ducks and also weekly devoted to to the San Diego goals. So tell your San Diego friends, hey, there's a podcast that covers the San Diego goals at least once a week or usually once a week. So tell all your friends to subscribe and do not miss an episode. All right, so thank you all so much for listening. Listening, I appreciate each and every one of you listening and thanks to you all. The numbers have been tremendous. So just thank you all. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together.